Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Welcome to this Friday morning edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Little slow reflexes considering we're all hopped up on sugar from Halloween. Yeah, I don't know, I'm crashing. Are you? I oh, guess. That's, that's that sugar high coming down. How are you? I'm good. Good. Got a lot of news today? I don't know, you got the stories. I'm just sort of along for the ride here. All right. Well, the first story is uh, construction is coming along on Disney's Riviera Resort, which is due to open in the beginning of December. What, December 16th? Sure. Somewhere around there, right? Um, they have put in uh, some mosaics in a walkway tunnel. So there are going to be two mo- mosaic murals showcasing Disney storytelling of European tales. Um, what I found interesting about this story is, you know, Walt went to the Riviera in the 30s. He was a, a big fan. And uh, during his time over there, he had 300 storybooks sent over to Disney Studios in California uh, from Europe. And a lot of the original classic stories uh, that Disney was known for, their animated stories, were based on a lot of these European tales that he found. Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, Pinocchio... And that, I was correct, the opening date of the Riviera Resort is December 16th, 2019. Thank you. Way to go. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, You know, it's not as impressive as the Mary Blair uh, mural inside uh, Cinderella's castle. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's a nice mural. Yeah, they're always neat. Um, The two murals are going to be uh, constructed in a walkway tunnel. The first one is a scene of Peter Pan. it's going to be recessed in the wall. There's going to be an arched ceiling. And then the two murals are going to be joined by a sky. So it's going to be a tile sky. It's 500,000 hand-cut tiles uh, to make the mural. And uh, like I said, the first one is Peter Pan. No word on what the second one is. I would assume it's going to be... I don't know. We, we've got Cinderella covered already, right, inside her castle. Uh-huh. I'm going to assume it's either... Snow White, or maybe Pinocchio. Maybe Sleeping Beauty. Okay. You're, you have any guesses? Nope. Okay, good. <laughs> wow, you're a, you're a bundle of I energy know, tonight, I'm sorry. aren't you? You know what you need to do? What? You should start running. Oh, yeah, that's what everyone wants. And do you know why we would do that? Because we can start planning our Run Disney uh, experiences for 2020-2021. Yes, we can. Would Woo! you like to talk about that a little bit? No, not really. <laughs> All right, welcome to Tony's Disney Drive Time Podcast this <laughs> Just evening, Just put me everybody. in a box six feet away. Um, so they have started announcing, uh, well, they haven't started announcing, they have announced the races for 2020 and 2021. Uh, the first one, uh, the Disney Wine and Dine Half Marathon Weekend will be November 5th through 8th of 2020. Um, the Walt Disney World Marathon will be January 6th through 10th of 2021. The Princess Marathon Half Weekend will be February 18th through 21st. And then the Star Wars Rival Run Weekend will be April 15th through 18th. Uh, This year they will also be running virtual races as well as international events. Uh, The virtual uh, races are pretty cool because you just log your miles and when you finish the race they send you the medal. You pay for them. I was going to say, but you have to pay. Like, These are such money makers. Ugh. Uh, so the first one, Disneyland Paris Princess Run, May 8th through 10th of 2020. The Run Disney Virtual Series, June through August of 2020. The Disneyland Paris Run Weekend, 5th anniversary, 
September 24th through 27th, and then the Star Wars Virtual Half Marathon, January through March of 2021. I'm going to start my own virtual races. People can send me their their logs of how they ran, and for... Will you send them a, a medal? Yeah, for 50 bucks, I'll send them a medal. What would maybe, that... I'll, maybe they can even get a phone call or a shout-out on our show. What would that medal be shaped like? Uh-huh. Couch? No, it'll we could it could be the Disney Drive Time podcast race logo, excellent. Yep, and we could do like a little steering wheel. Uh, I think the only people to sign up for metal. that would be uh, David and I. Maybe. Maybe, and I'm and I'm not even a given on that. <laughs> would you like me to talk about the next story? I'll say what it is, and then you can tell everybody about it. Wow. Okay. Look so, at the teamwork. Teamwork yeah. makes the dream work. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Disney Cruise Line is giving free texting to crew members. That is true. Disney Cruise Line will be providing texting, complimentary texting, for their crew members across all four ships. Um, The crews on board Disney ships right now represent people from 80 different nations. uh, And uh, they recognize how important it is for their crew members to stay in touch with their families. So effective today on the Disney Magic... And over the next few weeks in the rest of the fleet, crew with iOS and Android devices will be able to send and receive text messages while on board for uh, free. The uh, interesting thing about this is that the Disney Cruise Line is the first major cruise line to provide free texting for its crew. Mm -hmm. It's nice. I mean, it makes me think, I wonder, you know, with, with cast members having... You know their phones with them like is it distracting does it affect their work but then you know you know and they know that they're working for tips so i don't think you know they're still gonna right. be working just as hard right um you know that i'm sure the time that they spend texting will be when they're you know when they have a little free time to themselves and it's funny because whenever the ship pulls into port you know there's a certain there's a certain amount of crew members that need to stay on board uh you know it's almost like a skeleton crew uh, but certain crew members get to go ashore, and whenever they go ashore, they're always at the places with the free Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, because they want to touch base with their families. I know for a lot of the crew members, um, you know, it's customary to tip the crew members, but I know people would get phone cards mm-hmm. for yep. cast members so that they could call their families. Um, so, you know, family is very important to those people. Their, their contracts, I know especially for, like, the dining service teams and whatnot, you're on seven months and then off four or five months. Yeah. So that's seven months where you're separated from your family. It's a, yeah. It's, and some, it's almost a lot, like a like a military type of yeah. Uh, and a lot of them have uh, you know it's not just like oh you're away from your mother you're away from your sister. Um, a lot of these people are married. They have children. Right. Um. So yeah, they're away. They're away from their wife and their kids or their their husband and their kids. Um. So, so yeah. So kudos to Disney for doing that. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. Um. Something people were a little upset about, the fuel rod uh, swapping fee of $3 being implemented. That's supposed to go into effect November 1st. Um, We've been able to sort of follow that based on the signage that's been on the uh, charging machines, the swapping machines. Kiosks. Right, kiosks. Thank you. And now we are seeing that the stickers that they put on these kiosks saying that November 1st there was going to be a $3 charge... Those on some um, kiosks had been removed. So we're not sure if that means that maybe they're not going to have the charge or maybe it's just angry people ripping them off or, you know, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe we're close enough to November 1st that uh, 
saying that it's going to start isn't necessary anymore. I, I don't know. But um, it's it's a pretty good possibility that maybe they're not going to to implement that charge. We'll, well see. It, it's funny because right after I saw this, there was another story about how the signs started appearing on the kiosks in Disneyland for the fuel rods. So, um, you know, like Cheryl said, time will tell. Yep. We'll see. We'll be following that. Um, and in another story that we had uh, spoken about yesterday, um, the menu items, the names have changed at uh, Galaxy's Edge at the um, dining location in Disney World, we said yesterday, and now that has come to Disneyland today. So that's at Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo. Um, they've added what actual meat it is to the names a um, little bit more descriptive while still trying to leave a little bit of that Star Wars flair in there. Yeah, so, you know, uh, the, the funny thing was they're advertising it in Disneyland. Uh, there was one thing called the Garden Party Bun, and now it is known as the Ethorian Garden Party Bun. So they added something where there was nothing before, so they're saying it's even more themed now <laughs> uh, that this is a win for them. Uh, they did not make, however, any changes to the breakfast menus. Um, so in Disney World, they renamed the Ronto Roasters, uh, but they have not done that in Disneyland. So uh, right now, breakfast is the only difference in those uh, two menus. Um, what are your thoughts on these fully immersive uh, environments? You know, uh, I, I want to say Disney started it with Avatar, uh, you know, Pandora in Animal Kingdom. And then I think uh, Diagon Alley, Universal really upped the game uh, with Diagon Alley, uh, and then Disney counters that with with Galaxy's Edge. Um, do you think it's just the uh, you know the the environment du jour? You know, does everybody have to have this immersive land, um, or is it just a phase? And eventually, we're going to go back to okay, it's just some nice landscaping with you know uh, Avengers themed rides. I mean, what are we getting into with this Avengers land out in California? You know, it's going to be an Avengers headquarters, uh, West coast headquarters, but it's not like you're in the movie, you know, you're not walking through upper New York state where Avengers mansion is. Right. So, you know, it, it's kind of like the Avengers thing is big, but they're not scaling it to the same level of immersion that you're getting galaxy's edge. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem with things being so immersive is, you know, how quickly they can become outdated. Mm -hmm. It's If you're trying to immerse somebody in something that, you know, suddenly becomes irrelevant, then it just feels silly. Right. So, you know, these immersive lands are new, so it's hard to know how long, you know, they'll last before people start thinking they're feeling sort of silly. Right. Like, you were immersed in a bug's land. Yeah. Well, I guess. You know, and then they, they kind of bulldoze that over to make the new Avengers stuff. So, um, okay. Um, and then some some political news. Uh, Which we don't like to get political on this podcast. No, this it's just news, though. We're, we're, not, and no, we're not endorsing. No opinions. We are not throwing our, our endorsements out yet. We will before <laughs> the 2020 election because I know that a lot hinges on that. Right. I'm sure everyone's just sitting on the edge of their seat wondering to see who we endorse. That's right. Um, but no, the news is that um, President Trump is going to attend the GOP fundraiser that's being held at Disney's Grand Floridian Resort. And when is that? I don't know. When is it? That would be December 7th. So if you're going to be in the parks around that time and you're staying at the Grand Floridian... Oh my God, it's going to be a nightmare. Uh, yeah, it could, could be a little busy there. 
Um, this Not is, just busy, but anytime like the president's anywhere, things get closed off. Right. You know, it's it's not regular flow throughout a resort. No. Traffic, buses are probably going to be rerouted. It's going to be a whole thing, I'm sure. And, and God, God forbid, and this is not just him, but any president, God yeah, forbid yeah. they're there for, uh, you know, this meeting and they decide, I want to go ride uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, you know, and suddenly this whole... Uh, Secret Service detail is is bringing the president, you know, in a monorail all by himself, and then parading down Main Street, and uh, you know, it would just be crazy. Yeah, I don't think that happens. I mean, I think there's got to be some plan. Like if if it's, oh, right. if he was gonna go in, like he has to have it planned. But it could, you know, something simple like you know he's there and he decides like you know hey, you know, can we? I want to go eat. You know, what do they have? Like, a, do they have a bar here? Or can we right. go have a drink? And it wasn't necessarily planned, and or even if it was planned, it's just whole thing. Any place he's going to be, any section of the resort that he's going to be in, is just going to be completely closed off. Maybe he's going to try a churro, a party churro. Maybe, maybe. Um, just so everyone knows, uh, we will actually be endorsing Mickey Mouse uh, for president in 2020. Perfect. Yes. All right, and then um, did you post a video to our I, uh, page? I did. We actually have a video up for a new show called Pixar in Real Life. It's kind of a kind of a hidden camera show where they have uh, translated Pixar characters into a real life environment. Um, it, it looks like a cute show. It's it's not anything groundbreaking. It's just a hidden camera show, and it will you know show you how people react in certain situations. Uh, you know, they, they do, uh, um, uh, what's the little guy's name? Why can't I think of his name now from up? Russell. Russell. Uh, they do Russell in his wilderness, uh, scout, uh, uniform. They do a thing with Dash. Um, they do the emotions from inside out. So it, it, it it looks pretty funny. I don't know who it's targeted at, but I think that looks ridiculous. It does. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> it's not targeted toward uh, middle-aged women, apparently. No, it is another show that will be on Disney Plus, and I'm not sure if you've heard. November 12th. But Disney Plus will be coming, uh, will be premiering on November 12th. It is their new streaming service. Uh, yeah, I'm a little excited today. You know why? Why? It's Halloween. So what does that mean? You got to eat lots of candy? We, uh, well, I don't know what you, what you people out there in Listenerville do, but um, I enforce the candy tax. <laughs> so the children are required to give me a certain percentage of their uh, Halloween candy. Uh, and, and I think it helps prepare them for adult life when, yeah, sure. when you're taxed. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't charge them room and board. No, that's nice of you. Um, you charge me room and board. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think I think they should understand how, how taxes work. Sure. And it's a very small tax. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, let's see. And then I sent you another story that you paid no attention to, right? You did. You did. Let me let me open that up very quickly while uh-huh. you make small talk. I don't have a lot of small talk. Um, so it's basically about uh, at Bush Gardens, they're giving some discounts for this weekend for their Halloween. They call it Hollow Scream. Um, the tickets are twenty twenty nine ninety nine, and then on Halloween they're thirty four ninety nine, and then on November first they're thirty nine ninety nine. I don't no, know. They're no, dropping. Hold on. Let me. So if you wanted to go on Halloween, forget it. You've missed it because this is coming out November first. Right. Uh-huh. If you want to go on November first, it's thirty four ninety nine, thirty nine ninety nine on November second. Each day drops another five dollars for annual pass holders. Uh, they have a haunted attraction. 
uh, I'm sorry, this haunted attraction uh, had pricing at $39.99. So they're taking $10 off 300 acres of monsters chasing you. So if you're near Tampa and you're listening to this and you wanted to go to see the Bush Gardens Hallow Scream, um, you've got two days to do it. I'm I just think um, it's cool that they do stuff like that, and it's good to sort of keep your eye out if you um, live that way or if you're kind of visiting on a you know short notice. Um, I saw that in the Orlando Sentinel. It's just it's worth your while to spend a little bit of time looking at some of the local news um, sections to see uh, what's going on with the different parks and you know if there's any kind of discounts or special things coming at the last minute. So, excellent, good call. Yeah. So now we're at sixteen and a half minutes. Do I do I get to start my um, first time Disney if World you, visitor planning thing today? Sure. So that will officially end the news segment. Yes. Woo. And now, oh, suddenly she's she's coming to life for her little segment. Well, it's not mine. It's ours. Okay, go ahead. So. Um, Tony's been working with a client who has never been to Disney World, or I think maybe she's been a long time ago, and her um, her children and her husband have never been. Um, so it's, you know, planning from scratch, and, and how do you guide somebody who has never been? You know, how do you tell them which things are important? Um, and so we're going to try to guide you if you are a first-timer, or if you've been a bunch of times, and you have people who maybe are first-timers who might be asking you, you know, what do I do? Um, I mean, the best thing you could do would, would be to send them to a, you know, a travel agent who specializes in planning and booking Disney vacations. That's right. So if you send that my way, I appreciate it. However, if you want to share this advice with your friends, it's okay. Yeah. Or, you know, we could, we're just proving how great we are here. Yes. So that you'll see why you want to send people to us. Um, so what are some of the first questions? There's, there's sort of different categories of what you have to ask people. To me, the first thing is, are, do you want to stay on-site or off-site? Right. And, you know, there there are some benefits to staying on-site. Um, there are some... The, the main benefit to staying off-site is it's, it's cheaper. And space. It's so it's cheaper. more space for less price. Right. On the downside to staying off-site you now need to find transportation from the airport to your resort. You probably need to get a rental car because even if you have a resort that says they have transportation, transportation can be spotty. Yeah, off-site transportation is not very good. Or, or you're paying for an Uber every time you want to go somewhere. And if you have to rent a car, then you need to get the associated. Now you're paying $25 a day to park in each one of the parks. Uh, and then I think the biggest thing from staying off-site is time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you have little children... Uh, and you want to get a midday nap in, you know, you need to leave the park, get to the parking lot, load the kids in the car, drive to your off-site resort, put them down for a nap, wake them up for a nap in two or three hours, get everybody loaded back in the car, drive back, go through the parking lot, go through the... All right, all right, we get the So it's it's just, it's a lot of time, so... Yeah, I think when you're trying to plan a very first trip, and the thing that people maybe forget if you've been a few times is first-timers have no idea of the size of Disney World. Right. Sometimes they don't even understand that it's four separate parks. Um, sometimes they think that Universal Studios is included in there. Um, so that's always something that we tend to have to point right. out. They'll right. say, and I want to see Harry Potter. Well, can't, yeah, can't we, wait to get to Disney so I can see Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, well, no, that, that's not there. So um, to get them to understand really how large things really are and what, you know, what a day is like at Disney World. You know, you are... You are tired. It is a lot of 
um, back and forth, um, transportation from one place to another, it's time consuming. You don't get up, get ready, and then step into the parks from, you know, if people will say, oh, I'm on property. You're not, you're not right there. You have to take some sort of transportation, sometimes two forms of transportation before you're actually in a park to start your day. So uh, we do, especially for first timers, really recommend on site. Uh, it takes a little bit of the logistical uh, factors away, right. makes things a little bit easier from that perspective. And also, if you're not really familiar with the area, renting a car and trying to drive from place to place can be very stressful. So if you are on Disney property, you can just take Disney transportation and leave all that driving uh, to you know the Disney employees. And, and I think that that's one of the nicest things is you know you start to tell people the benefits of staying on site and you let them know that uh, transportation, including you know to and from the airport, is covered. So you know you get off the plane, you don't need to worry about gathering your luggage because Magical Express is taking that over for you. Uh, you're just going to get on a luxury motor coach, be delivered to your resort. You get to your resort once you want to go to the parks there or you want to go you know to Disney Springs. You're using Disney transportation. You don't need the hassle of getting a car. You don't need to get car seats or booster seats for the toddlers. Right. You know, it, it's just one piece of, uh, you know, one, one thing, one less thing you have to worry about is Disney will get you where you need to go. And the thing I tell people, you know, and then people are worried about what if the buses, you know, what if there's a, a big delay between buses? The one thing Disney knows how to do is move people around. And is it because they do that for your convenience? You like to say yes, but the truth of the matter is is that Disney is a company, and the more efficiently they move you around and the quicker they get you to their parks, the quicker you are spending money inside those parks. So there's a reason why they're so good at getting you places, because once you're in those places, you spend. Mm-hmm. Um, they also just want you to have a good experience. You know, There's right. very few people who come back from Disney and say... I'm not doing that again. Um, right. It's a lot of uh, a lot of repeat customers. A lot of that was amazing, and and I can't wait to do it again. So for the sake of this podcast, we're going to assume that uh, the traveler is going to choose to stay on site because there's you know there's so many benefits uh, in both directions, and it's a personal choice. But we sort of have to choose a way to go and and move forward with that. When, when you're planning. So that'll be the first decision that someone will make. And, you know, uh, in the next couple of episodes, we'll move forward and, and talk about the next set of things that you might be thinking about when you're planning your first trip. Excellent. Um, so if you're enjoying our podcast, you can go out to Facebook and you can join us and chat about other things. Always, uh, if you have any questions, we'd love to get some questions that we could answer on the podcast. Uh, we are the Disney Drive Time Podcast. And uh, until next time, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Tony. And you've been listening to the Disney Drive Time Podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. (laughs) 